Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Brent. And this is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Super great. I got no fire. I got carbon. Carbon. Cue the theme song. Aziz, light. Carbon. Carbon, my man. I have no fire. I have no matches. I see nothing matches. I have no matches. I start smoking. Sir, are you classified as human? Uh, negative. I am a meat popsicle. Yeah! What's wrong with you? Just bring it up. Every five minutes, there's something to bomb or something. I'm leaving. We're going to do Fifth Element. This is a movie about pure evil trying to come to Earth and stomp the shit out of it. And so a supreme being is sent to Earth to save us. And Bruce Willis, the cab driver, uh, will help. The cab taxi driver, yeah. Yep. Cab driver. Carbon. So Carbon. this Carbon movie, Dallas. is this movie's origins in comic form, or is this just straight out of the head of Luc Besson? He wrote it, it is, when he was 16 it in high school. From comics. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, this movie is very exciting to me. It's always been exciting to me. Like, it came out in 97, and, like, still today, like, I get excited when, I, when I, I'm going to watch this movie or think about this movie. It's... It's just one of those movies that like came out of nowhere. Nobody saw this coming. It was shot outside of Hollywood. The most expensive movie ever shot outside of Hollywood. And just like blew people away. Like I don't think a lot of people saw this movie uh, coming at all. No. And I, I don't know how well received it was either, but it certainly has amassed a, a cult following and definitely has a unique look and a world it's it's just unapologetically built this world that it throws you into and there's no setup how did we get here how far in the future are we none of that it's just like no here we are um first we're in egypt and the first words spoken in the movie are from some kid on a donkey Ago, <laughs> yeah it's like okay sure let's go okay i will say though right off the bat and i've always thought this even from the beginning that you could have definitely gotten rid of that whole opening and it, that wouldn't have changed the movie at all probably not like because the priest explains all of that later yeah that's like, true in dialogue and like that actually kind of slows down the movie because you don't need corbin until like page 20 yeah which is like ridiculous so i would have just i still to this day i would love to see them just edit out the beginning of that movie i think it's mostly because like they end up going to egypt later on so they wanted to tie it back together but yeah you're right what what is said and done um like we're, we're discovering with that um archaeologist dude and uh <laughs> 90210 boy um <laughs> He shows like the president a picture of the fifth element and the four elements and stuff like at the beginning no, of the movie true. after all of that. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of re-explained for a second. Yeah, time, and so, so I don't feel like you need any of that stuff in this movie. Like it, it's cool and stuff and I, it, there's some really good humor in that with Aziz. Aziz, Aziz is light. light. That stuff's all great and stuff, but like as per story and stuff, I think you could just, you could absolutely remove that. Yeah. And I, I would. I don't disagree. It, it's, it's, not a, it's not the strongest opening to what later becomes just an action-fueled adventure. No. Like, I would love to have been in discussions with this movie um, or see, been in on the, like, be able to see the discussions with how Luc Besson got Bruce Willis and uh, Mia Jovovich on board given what the movie was going to be and what they were going to have to wear <laughs> the entire movie. I don't think she, was, uh, she wasn't a huge actress back then no and th so the interesting thing for me is that this movie is is hugely character driven i think that this movie succeeds because of the actors that are in it mm. like mila and bruce and the weird thing is, is that Holm they too. weren't the initial yeah. people like, like Gary mel gibson 
Julia Roberts. Um, what were the initial people? That Mel Gibson for this? and Prince for Ruby Rod. Oh, that well, that probably could have worked. Well, and that's why he based he thought it was too effeminate the costumes. He actually <laughs> Prince so, thought that. Well, and Chris Tucker based his performance <laughs> on on Prince and Michael Jackson. Yes, so he did. That's uh, obviously why is because they wanted Prince. Oh my God, Prince would have been great. But no Chris Tucker for me is perfect. No oh yeah, you can. No can't. one's bad in this movie. Even Zeus, the the president of the United Federation, does a good job. Like in, I think in a so silly, too. It's just because the universe is so weird and silly. Like the uniforms that the policemen wear, they're so impractical, but they wear them. Yeah. There you go. I know, and I never think about practicality in this movie because everything is so kind of like Oompa Loompa, bright and, and sunny and cheery. Maybe that's what I was referring to in terms of comic book earlier. It's like not, it's just not real, but man, oh man, it, it just, it fits some weird way. It's crazy. Yeah, it is weird how it all does fit together. It's because it is so odd and so like particularly bizarre but it's all so particularly bizarre that it's just functionally kind of whole and that's what great filmmakers do once you establish kind of the way things are going to look and the way the world is going to be then like the audience doesn't they no longer question things and like i feel like that's the big problem with a lot of movies that don't hold up anymore is that they just didn't do their work Pre, their pre-work and, and get that world nailed down right from the beginning because mm -hmm. I never question anything in this movie the the whole floss in paradise and like the singer the blue singer like everything about this movie I never and Ruby Rod and how they still have radio yeah, yeah. on the way like I never question any of those things no I just like it just it's like soaking into a warm bath mm -hmm. and then you just go along for this ride and like great humor this is just an exciting movie and like so like the first time he they find uh, her, the fifth element, with the, the just the arm, and then they recreate her and stuff. Love that scene. Why is she recreated as a human? Yeah, though, that, I don't get that either. Arm? Is her arm a mechanical arm? Or was it in the briefcase that the, the arm, arm was is holding? inside of? I think the arm's inside of a. Uh, the, the, the arm is inside of a, what do you call it? A glove of some kind. So that's you think that's so she's basically like a mummy. Are people? Well, it, she's a mummy, I think, because yeah. that's what they end up wheeling out of the. Out, out of the building in the uh, oh, in Egypt, okay, so she's okay. like a mummy, and I, I don't know why they have to put her back to sleep, and she gets mummified. Because now that at, well, I mean, if she's going to end up with a hero at the end of the movie, and he gets the icing on the cake, and they get the bang in the UV chamber, does that mean yeah. she's never going to mummify again, or is she going to mummify once he dies of a, as a crusty old man? Or because it's like a whole Da Vinci Code thing where it's like the lineage of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. and the mummy does look kind of the mummy has a human face. Yeah, but it is a little weird that it's human because why do the um, take it away the, the Montecchi one, whatever those creatures are? Why oh, are they the yeah, keepers of the mummy? And see, but if they you leave take away the beginning, sure because they are the least capable. Fucking they can't walk ever. worth shit, and their plane, their jet gets shot, their spacecraft gets shot down by the by two fighters, Bangalores. I'm hoping getting these alien names right. I fucking love this movie so much. The alien names are great too. I like, I like. Oh yeah, I mean like. And the the their kind of like rubber costumey stuff all works though. It's, yeah, it's so surprising. And, like it goes past bad. And so they we they we uh, would animate her or whatever. Yeah. And uh, also, I'd heard that they tried. They had to use her hair is dark brown in real life, and they had to use such toxic red dye that eventually, and they had to keep redyeing her hair so it would stay the same color, so she wouldn't have roots. That they ended up damaging her hair so bad they just had to make a wig, because they no because way. they destroyed her hair. Sounds oh. right. 
Yeah. And anyway, I love that scene where she escapes and she's going through the tunnel and there she's wearing those white bandages. Just the straps. They yeah. run on her and thermal bandages. They call and it. she's filthy. Yeah. She's filthy by the time she gets out of the uh, tunnels. Yeah. And then she like dives off. Ugh. just also great visual, like the car, the traffic, the city. Yeah. And I think they say there's 200 billion people on the planet uh now right mm. is what the president says it looks like it that place has been built up and built up and built up and like i saw a screenshot like a, just like a uh, a still of the city kind of scape like that with kind of all the levels and all the cars and stuff like that stacked on top of each other yeah and you can see like one of the um one of like the rockford um or uh, uh what's that center uh in the middle of new york anyways there's a statue a notable statue from uh from, from in, new york today from in new york that's on one of those like like walkways in between the buildings, stuff like that. So yeah. you can tell that this is like New York kind of modified yeah, for the yeah. future and stuff like that. And it's just really well done. I there's mean. there's a scene where the jet is taking off to go to Floston and it's a it shows the runway and it's coming out of like a cave. Mm. But you can see the city in the background. If you uh, if you can ever find that image that's still and you can use it as a desktop background or something, it's amazing the level of detail in it. And it's the, like half a second on screen. So it's like just an afterthought. Boom, there you go. But it just, it works so well. And I will Helps. say too that uh, I, that the cars and stuff don't look great today. There's a little, but but it's so, it's so minor and doesn't matter that it still comes off as visually stunning some way. Even yeah. though there's like a little bit of, you, you, you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a I little do. bit of uh, it's bad special effects, but yeah. but it's on purpose. Everything has that, like the alien creatures have it. Yeah, and, I think so too. And it's just like it's chintzy and cheesy on purpose, and therefore works. It's a cartoony. It's campy. yeah, cartoony, it's cartoony is comic booky, right? Like this is I don't know, cartoony might be the better word then. Yeah, I I feel, that's how I feel. It. Anyway, well, it's intentionally campy. Like it does, it captures that campiness without being like a Doctor Who. And I yeah. love the guy outside wearing the hat that like fakes. It has the image of the hallway on it. Oh, that's so it. funny. Give I me love the cash. Oh. Give me the cash. Give me the cash. That's yeah. one of my favorite parts every time. When he's like, I like your hat. And he's like. <laughs> <laughs> the quitting smoking thing with the huge filters on the little cigarettes. Yeah, that's fun too. Um, and the guy that comes by his window with his lunch. Yeah, and he has like the ship, like the the the, the yeah the little well, it's not yeah, an it's Asian like, ship; it's like a pirate craft. It's or like, something and like, that. like and he goes from like window <laughs> to Uncle window, Benny too. and he gives noodles. Yeah, the Lethal Uncle Weapon Benny. movies, and he's like a noodle. It's like a noodle restaurant on a boat, floating boat. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. Oh, see, good and bad, I like. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. Even Corbin's mom. Fortune for you, Mister Dallas. I love that guy. And awesome. Fingers, by the way, is Vin Diesel, which I did not know. Right. Thank you. Yeah. That's yeah, Vin Diesel's voice. Deep voice. Oh, I did not know that. I didn't yeah. either until like today. It's just a great world building. And then like love Carbon. Bruce Willis. Um, one of his best performances, yeah. like comically. Mm -hmm. He does some great serious stuff it's in here. It's such a cliche character too. So cliche. Because like he's a he's a like a nothing, but he used to be a special special forces guy, and, and now he's a cab. Driver. Now he's a cab driver yeah. down on his luck and all that shit. Like how many times has that been beaten to death? But it, for whatever reason in this movie, it works too. You don't even think about it. But that's Absolutely. what I mean about like the characters make this movie. You can't. This is one of the so like we talked about Alien before, right? So like if you think about Alien, right? 
the, that movie works and the characters are good in that movie, but the characters are good in that movie because they were written that way. The characters are good in this movie because they were cast that way, right? Because these same characters written with different actors, this movie doesn't make it, right? But I'd Bruce Willis is one of those guys that makes this. Chris Rock, or uh, Chris Tucker, Tucker yeah. makes this Chris. role happen because someone else in that role might have made that too silly, like unrealistically silly, whereas he is just like this pre- like precise amount of oddness Chris that is Chris just Tucker funny as hell. Chris steals man. the show. He does. Every time. Steals he is the show. that character. That's why I never doubt it. You're like, that's a really weird character, and it's that's him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and this yeah. is like not someone poorly trying to be that character. That is Ruby Rod. Like it's, And I don't know how Chris Tucker feels about it. I hope he feels oh, he super proud because it's fucking awesome but so, his best some, performance something super funny i read about that is right as they're about to start going um he's in that full costume like that and bruce willis walks up to him and goes you know this could ruin your career right and then he's like he's like before i had a chance to quit luke uh Besson goes action uh. <laughs> he's like, I'm so happy now that i didn't walk out yeah he's like but what a terrifying thing to hear from like this superstar actor right as you're about to start this movie like look at yourself man you know this could ruin your career i know yeah. he's got the weird kind of hair oh my god everything about his character was so over the top oh yeah so, something else that's overcome in this movie is gary oldman um stand out again um his whole motivation is either money or he's just a bad guy. And that usually is is killer for when that's your bad guy's only motivation. Even if you show him doing horrible things like uh, ripping off those guys in the deal because he didn't get his stones and firing more people than is necessary and treating a priest like shit even after he saves his life. But the way that Gary Oldman does it and... It, 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 that also just works. And it works because he explains it to the priest. Um, he basically explains that that what he does is necessary. You can't have good without bad. Yeah. Destruction causes. Even creates. if that's a justification from him, like it is he's rationalizing, but he also is like, "You're a horrible man, Zod," and he's like, "I know." Yeah, but I love all that. It's still so confusing though, because him supporting this movement is is his destruction too. So to me, I don't see what the end for him is. Like, yeah, that's you're true. so you're so about destruction that it goes like and the thing is is that like i've read a fan theory that he that that he is the evil that's growing and that's the only thing that kind of makes sense because otherwise Mm. why would he support anything that that is going to enable his own destruction ultimately i feel like the evil though has got him got him almost brainwashed like the evil has this effect on people where they start dripping oil from their brains yeah but then they can't possibly cope and they're just like oh god but then why wouldn't that thing just get the president on the line? I don't know. But he's also a very cartoony bad guy, which we were just saying is, is like, and also the cliche. I mean, like, even, I mean, even in cartoons, they value their life, don't they? Like, as a bad guy? Like, I'm not just hell-bent on my own destruction. It probably tell him he can be Lord of the Ashes. Yeah, well, maybe, that's I what guess. I'm thinking too. Like, it's probably like saying... It's not like, explicitly stated, though. I agree. That's That's a little unclear. And would it make it any better or worse knowing... I don't know. I don't think Gary Oldman knows it's going to destroy the planet. Does yeah, he probably know that? not. It just wants the stones, right? That's all he knows. And if you do this business transaction, then you can have a hundred virgins. He third even asked for money. Points. I think he even says when he's communicating. Oh with yeah, my costs, costs have tripled. Yeah, and the thing says money is no concern. Yeah, like and so he's like, oh good. Okay. So I think he thinks he's going to get rich off this. Just get those stones. 
Oh my, that is really good. Okay. I would have let you do like the redos. I peed yeah. a little. Because I think the guy yeah. is dead who probably did that voice. Uh, is that tar coming down your forehead? No. <laughs> okay, so she falls through the cab of Carbon Dallas. Yep. Carbon. 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 Fall Carbon in love with her instantly when she does that. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. As soon as she looks up and starts spurting off her language, which her and Luke Besson um, created. Great language, movie. too. And Weird. Turned into a love. Big bada boom. And I feel like there's an instant chemistry between them, which is like yeah. rare to do. I agree. And uh, and then like the car chase scene with the music, like the bongo music or whatever is awesome. And like you get a, a great fun and game. There's great fun and games in this movie too. I mean, audiences really appreciate it when a movie has a lot of fun and games. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And it makes sense, right? As long as the fun and games make sense, unlike a lot of films out there, and this one it does. And I love Corbin's interaction with the priest and yeah. the priest's assistant. Who is it his son? I think it's his son. I don't know. I was just young kind of David? thought he was like a young I disciple. Was, yeah, oh, disciple. you're right. Maybe it's not his son. But yeah, David. David's great. I mean, like, yeah. And once again, well <laughs> cast. Even the guy with the gun who's robbing, tries to rob Cor Corbin is excellently cast. Well, that yeah. guy even like like steals the scene kind of himself. Like he's like a, a five second character in that movie overall. And he is like so memorable. It's absolutely. I love him. It's true. It's so true. Totally. You're absolutely right. A lot of Even people Even the guy who scenes. jams the nuclear power into the spaceship. Yeah, yeah, man, come on, man. <laughs> get it in there. <laughs> that Rastafarian guy and his stoned as fuck assistant. They're awesome. Yeah. There's so many Steen Steelers. Yeah. The movie Steen is, Steelers. The movie has a bunch of brilliance in it. I mean, like, it just a it's, it's like magic, right? If you consider all the different pieces that come together to make this movie special in all the different areas that it is special. Yeah. I can see why some people wouldn't like it. Um, like the, the, the various, like if, if you didn't like sci-fi or you didn't like that kind of comic booky or cartoony feel, like I could see how you'd look into it and think it was stupid. But I would urge you if you feel that way, just to watch it all the way through and try and read, I don't know, the undertones, like watch the acting, watch everybody commit to it and see how strong it ends up being at the end. That's what it is. Everyone fully is committed. And so, like, you, you get on board, too, because mm -hmm. nobody's, like, half-assing it or, or making it silly. Everyone's, like, taking it seriously. Yeah. And when he so then love when uh, <laughs> the interaction he has with the military people who come and they want him to go on the mission and stuff. I mean, like, I'll give the movie this. There's tons of coincidences. Like, she lands in his cab. Then they want him to go on the mission. Then that guy needs his, the priest needs his ticket to get to Floston. I love, I love, just not to cut you off, I want you to keep going with that thought, but when the guy shows up and he's like, you have all the skills for all the craft and weapons required, and he drops the page and he hits the floor. It's fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. I laughed and, when that happened. And the dialogue, <laughs> the dialogue's good in that scene too, where he's like, out of all the men in your team, you are the best. And out of all the men on your team, you're the only one that's left alive. <laughs> so it's like, great. It's great stuff. Yeah. It's very uh, fun. It's like, doesn't take itself too seriously. And you know, while they do mention that, uh, th that's where they clarify that Bruce Willis is passed as a, as a weapons guy. I'm guessing Finger was too. And that's how they kind of knew each other. I would have loved to have fingers going on that mission, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but they don't, <laughs> don't they, then they don't go into it anymore. You don't hear Bruce Willis's sob story about how his team was killed or yeah. flashbacks or any of that shit. He's just, he's just completely competent. Agreed. And it when he starts to place. get into the action, he's almost like silly for a lot of this movie when, um, when Cornelius bongs him over the head, he's like, whoa. <laughs> oh, I love and that. And he's like holding his head. But as soon as he gets on the planet, 
Because really, like, he doesn't engage in that direct uh, combat until the end, right? Not until the flossed and big scene. Yeah, oh, yeah. and as soon as he pulls the out. pistol and he starts fucking going, he's like, he looks in the room, he's like, seven on the left, four on the right. Boom, 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 three on the left, two on the right. I'm like, what the yeah, fuck just happened? Yeah, he fucking smokes seven guys there. I also yeah. say that, like, so good. this is, like, by far, he's the, he's the, such a cool badass in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Even when he's not doing action things, just his dialogue, the way it's delivered. Yeah. Even when he's talking to his mother, I'm like interested and engaged <laughs> in him, like his relationship with his mom. Just, he's very cool. Yeah. He's the coolest motherfucker in this movie. In this movie, you can tell that Bruce Willis falls for her immediately, though she doesn't think anything of him other than a man. Yeah. Although this is a person in a cab, but when she kind of comes up from the back seat through the wreckage and he's like looking, he has this super shocked look on his face and then she smiles in the glass. She's like, <sighs> and you can tell instantly he like, like is taken aback. He's like, oh my God, this woman is like gorgeous. And then she starts going on and he's like, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. Whatever this is, I'm fucking hooked. Yeah. I know. And no, never spoken. And I love how and he I'm psychs himself too. up to, um, to, to run away from the cat. Like, so stupid. <sighs> and, but he does it anyway. It's and like, then he, fuck yeah. he tries so he just to begrudgingly <laughs> accepts <laughs> yeah. his fate. Yeah. And he tries to kiss her when she's unconscious, and Ooh, then she puts the gun to his head. Yeah. He's, you're right. You're right. That's a little. Yeah. That's a little rapey. But no, that but he was. was like so in love. I guess. Yeah. So yeah. It's okay. So everybody, if it's okay, if you're in love, to try and kiss people like, in their sleep. I forgot my roofies. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so so once again, he and he does mention to Finger that he, I think he did say he found the perfect woman or something. Yeah. So, but but his love, other than that, is kind of unspoken. And uh, he wants to take care of her and he wants to help her and stuff. And it's like sweet and endearing as opposed to them just talking about how they're in love with each other, which is lame and boring. It's just a, a great screenplay. And like Brent said, I really feel like they got lucky with every casting yeah. choice yeah. they got. They did. Even the blue woman, does she speak English? She does speak English. That's his wife, eh? Is it? That's Besson. So interesting uh, factoid, just a little detour. Um, the original actress to play the diva uh, couldn't pull through for some reason. It had to be recast. So in a last-minute thing, Besson puts his wife in. They have a thing where they believe they probably shouldn't work together, but they do To in a pinch. She gets in the scene. She was in The Professional as well. Um, she fills in for that role as the diva, and during production, Besson leaves her for Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. That's right. Jovovich. Really? Yeah, and marries her eventually. Oh, oh that damn. is right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so during production, leaves his uh, the diva for the fifth element, which, let's be honest, anybody's making that decision. It's true. Even if she's bald, which she would have been at that point. Yeah, the blue chick's <laughs> awesome, but you well, can't that, go that lady the perfect who, supreme being. That lady who plays the diva is also in The Professional. Uh, who's she in The Professional? She plays, she plays the hooker that the fat crime boss who comes to town sleeps with. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Yeah. This is one of the movies where when I talk about it, I could probably uh, go um, rehash half the lines fairly accurately using voices. Yeah, it's one of those few movies. Because for me, there's a lot of movies that I love, but I want to skip through almost the beginning or some parts of the movie to get to parts that I really enjoy. Like the parts that I, that I, you know, are, are my fond memories of the thing maybe as a kid or whatever. This movie is one of those movies that's like from start to finish, I enjoy it. That Every step of it is a is a is something of a joy, I guess. So. I love all how everyone's always pretending to be Corbin Dallas to get the tickets to Floss in Paradise. That yeah. was great. And, yeah, they uh, used that guy from the apartment. Smoke you! And then that's, <laughs> yeah. the, that's the guy that they think is Corbin Dallas because yeah. the, the Bangaloreans or whatever they're called, they, they kidnap that guy and uh, then they 
edit or they um, mimic him. Yeah, and, him. and Ruby Rod, once Ruby Rod comes in, like the movie never stops for me. No, his pacing for the movie just is so fast yeah. and everything. And actually, something interesting that I, that I um, read is that, like John was talking about the detail of this movie, all of this, the costuming for this, like in that big uh, scene and everything, was developed by Jean-Paul Gaultier, like an actual, I think it was Jean-Paul Gaultier, like an actual famous fashion designer. And not just like the big set piece costumes, every costume mm. in, that, in that scene was designed by him. I want to know what laser ball is. And I love, I also uh, love, I also, <laughs> that athlete who can't hear it, but he's like the, the star of laser ball. I also, I'm like, let's go see that. I also love the cowardice of Ruby Rod and all of the scenes where he, he gets in the hole, the gun against the Mangalore's yeah. head. This isn't me, Coben. Coben. I don't feel right. Coben. <laughs> and then he shoots him and then he's like rubbing the Sorry. bullet hole with his, his wrist. Because <laughs> <He's trying> like, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't want to touch it with his hand. <laughs> he's, and he's like, I think it's going to be okay. <laughs> is it going to be okay? <laughs> it's not going to be okay oh my god and then he reaches inside and pulls i love the reaching what did you guys think of him reaching inside and pulling the elements out of her body that's weird how to did they honest, plan to do that big stretch i, know, I just I thought, thought so too. i thought how did they plan to do that otherwise she's like come to my room later after i and eat some tacos me. how did they get him in there she had to hoop him right yeah. that's the only way to get him in there well then the same way to get him out too well she could uh, eat, just jam a bunch shot. of nachos and tacos in and be like i'll see you in three hours corbin <laughs> no oh, john john's john's right like what what well, <laughs> we need those stones back. Uh, you need to give me a little time. No, we need like, them now. What were they some yeah, what were they going to do? Were they going to go in and autopsy her to get them out? They yeah. were going to give her like a C-section? They were like, give me a speculum and some Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that was, <laughs> I think that was a bit of a stretch. Oh, I do like though, uh, I love the ending too when um, um, Zorg goes back to disarm his own bomb and it almost doesn't work and then he stops the counter and then fucking the Bangalores are like, for the Empire, yeah. <laughs> oh no. Like that's a great little ending too. Yeah, yeah for his character, it's yeah. great. And I love the, uh, I love the big, huge set, giant set pieces kind of come one over top of the other because you have the operatic fight where the opera person starts singing in the quick pace and then she's fighting although i did find some of that fighting a little silly where yeah, she's slapping them slapping around them and doing that yeah I, I could have done without a little bit of that but put to the music and stuff it was so fun like the music, that music itself was semi-silly to the rock yeah. opera and i'm not sure like i like that where they changed anymore. it well no like the because it's, it's in a couple places, isn't it? That music where it's like... Dah, 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 like all this silly... It kind of does that whole fight scene that, yeah. that Li, um, Li Lu has. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, I, I agree. The music is a little weird. It, it's a thing, and that's what they were going for, so I'm not going to not watch it. And then that, when she jumps up in the uh, air ducts, love all that stuff, where yeah. she like acro acrobatically like jumps up in there, yeah. and, and then he like basically makes the turns the room into Swiss cheese with yeah. that weapon that you love so much. Oh, I do love the weapon. sound of that weapon. Yeah, the sound so of do that I. weapon is pleasing. And see, I, I being the weapons expert on this show, uh, I'm not correct. even bothered by how many rounds that gun has or what it can do because they are they establish it as a bullshit can do anything weapon. And I fucking love it. How many yeah. rounds does it have? A thousand or something, was it? I can't remember what infinity. he said. Infinity. Yeah, pretty much infinity. infinity I don't even know how you'd reload that thing. Where does the clip go? <laughs> On that odd-shaped gun, yes. Yeah. It's probably and, one of those things that you just reel. Maybe, yeah. And then also the humor with Willis, where he's like, if you kill the Mangalore's leader, then they won't fight or whatever. Yeah, and they all kind of cower. And then they're like, what does he, what's the Mangalore say to him? Send someone to negotiate. <laughs> That's the leader. Anyone here want to negotiate? No, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Bang. Anyone else want to negotiate? 
Yeah. That Badass. guy that plays that little skipper or whatever is actually a super silly comedian as well. And he I is. really enjoy his presence in that movie because yeah. if you've ever seen his stand-up, he is so silly. Yeah. And so I know who you're talking movie, about. Yeah. He's perfect. He's I mean, in he's, he's also ideal. in this something about Mary. He's the pizza yes. guy. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I like but, to welcome you to the <sighs> doll. Yeah. He's funny. <laughs> Carbon, Carbon. And when he tells him to count to ten and then when he gets to one, he screams. Yeah. Three, two, one. Ah! <laughs> His scream is ridiculous too. So high pitched. Uh, yeah, I know. I can't yeah. even do it. I didn't even try to get to that. It's octave. the best show I ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he, when Corbin hands out the assignments for everyone to take a stone, and I love his dialogue there, where he's like trying to get his stone to work. He's like, I don't, I don't get it. Mine's broken. What eyes? I, I like, got no fire. I got no fire, Corbin. He's like, it's broken. I don't. Why don't? Why don't I get the broken one? <laughs> <laughs> and especially at the very end when David screams, "Yeah, ah, what's wrong with you? I'm leaving." <laughs> I fucking love it. I fucking love it. It's sort of like a perfect way to end it. Oh, that is the end. I think. Yeah. Well, then they go to the sex scene because he got a. He's got a. They got a bang in the UV thing, but. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I don't know why they have to bang in the UV thing, actually. but Yeah, you know what? I mean, do. I could have done without well, all they that stuff. Just been, they would have just been repaired. I guess. Yeah, Imagine I guess they that, were that magic machine can build I, I something I almost feel like they could it have ended meat sooner. yarn. Did you see when she first got built? Yeah. It had meat yarn. I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, that all looks great. And once again, it you can tell the special effects aren't up to date. But like... Since everything looks the same, then it, you, I think that movie will always have this kind of quirky, cartoony motif mm. Yeah, that, that kind of flows throughout it. The one thing I did notice, and I have noticed ever since High Def came out, is some of the ships in space, you can actually see the rectangular shape around them, which is oh, the black yeah. matting. The vector, oh. yeah. And if you're going to do anything like Luc Benesson or whoever puts out this movie, just go in and remove that black mat. You could easily do that digitally now. Yeah, Because it looks, you can see a rectangle around the ships. Yeah. So I would just get rid of that. But other than that, I'd leave it alone. Uh, Fifth Element is also really, really good. For everything it's trying to do, it's not trying to be something it's not. It knows what it wants to be. And because the people are dedicated to their characters and it's just, it's fun. It's light. There's like nothing over the top too dramatic. It's dramatic enough. It's funny enough. It's great action. Uh, the gunplay doesn't bother me. That's a big thing. Uh, I love it. I really love this movie. I watch this movie maybe two or three times a year. No shit. It's just that good. So... You should love it too. I think it holds up. Yeah, it ho definitely holds up. I like. I've fallen. I've, you're right. I'll put this movie on to fall asleep to. Like that's how much I like it. So, yeah. it's it's tough too. Like because once again we complain up and nitpick a lot of other movies, and I feel like people there's definitely things in here you could nitpick. Yeah. Definitely things you could nitpick about like the coincidences and like the story and stuff. But I still feel like because of the way it's done and it's consistently the same throughout the movie and the tone that it pulls it off. And like none of that is a, what we call a speed bump. No. It never slows it down and you just feel you want it. You, it's a good ride. Like there's so few movies today that are just good fun rides. They always have to have this pretentiousness to them or a twist. Or, or seriousness. They take them or... too seriously. Yeah. This and movie's silliness is what makes it awesome. Yeah. Well, I think Colin put it perfectly when he said it was like a cartoon. And that, that's actually the perfect way that I think I could look at it is it's almost like the best real life 
adaption of or adaptation of what a cartoon would be like this movie you could you could pretty much visualize it being a cartoon already yeah agreed yeah yeah that's what i was trying to allude to by saying comic book because it would have been something in in book or idea form where you were drawing pictures like a cartoon but this brought it to real life and uh, I think I think like superhero and and comic book movies should have taken more from this one, like Dis- Titan A.E. or something. Yeah, right. Like anything that was going to involve an alien species or anything like that, but still need to have people with superpowers or or crazy action like this. This the tone. It, it just because there's that level of silliness that works and is consistent and everyone embraces it. That's what makes it all come together so well. If it was more serious, then the the costumes would have seemed ridiculous. And Mm -hmm. if the actors had fallen apart, you'd have been like, what the hell is a ruby rod? That doesn't make any sense. But everyone's committed and it it just, I don't know, this one goes. It's a rare one. It's a really rare movie. I love this movie with all my heart. Yeah? With all of my heart. Um, It's one of my favorite movies for sure. But I don't know if it holds up. Um, I think that we all wear rose colored glasses with it. And I think that it is an awesome movie and I think that it is good. But I think if we're really looking at this in terms of like, does this hold up to now? I don't know that this movie succeeds if it comes out today. Um, I think that the silliness of it maybe isn't captured properly. I think that a lot of us, we grew up with this movie. Like we've, like John says, watched it two or three times a year. I bet you that's an understatement by half. Um, (laughs) I, like we, the three of us have all watched this movie probably two to three times a year together, at least yeah. since its inception. So, um, I, I don't know that it holds up and I'm sad to say that, but I think that it's great movie and I highly suggest everyone watches it and falls in love with it too. But I think in terms of today's standards, probably doesn't, I think the characters are enjoyable. I think the movie's enjoyable. Um, but I don't know if that's enough. And that's mm. fair, but my opinion is is that the movies that are coming out today that are science fiction, this movie's better than them. So I that's 100%. kind of that's kind yeah. of how I base my hold up on no, it. No, totally true. But I just I feel like I could watch a lot of movies today and already tell you that they don't hold up. They don't hold up brand new. Oh no, absolutely sure. out yeah, of the I, gate. I hundred percent agree. I think that's why we wanted to do the show like this, because older movies just Maybe I'm being a grumpier old person who doesn't like new music and the newfangled way the kids are doing things these days. <laughs> but I, I just believe looking back at, at some of the great films that we've had um, that we're not getting anywhere near. We're getting a higher volume today and it's just meaning a really shitty quality. And so if I were to think that a movie like um, Fifth Element were to come out today because of the story and how it embraces its its what potential weak points. Um, that's why I think it holds up. But you're allowed your opinion, dude. That's why we I, fucking have you on Absolutely. Here. But that's the thing is I feel like... No, I shut feel up. like maybe I'm being too hard about it. But no, and that's how I, I felt know. about no. other movies as well. But I actually dis- disagree with John a little bit because I-, I feel like we're all subject to that. Like, oh, I don't like this new young fangled bullshit. Yeah. But when you see the reviews of these movies, you have a lot of younger critics who are watching these movies and trashing them as well. Like, I'm not... Because I, I do want to hear what other people have to say. I'm not stuck in my own opinion. So I'll go and I'll see what other people are saying about this movie. Because I have missed things in the past. But um, most of the time, I'd say I'm on par with what uh, the anyone who's critical about movies is saying today. And that they're just worse. I would love to watch this movie with someone that had never seen it. Yeah, I would, I, love, I would that. love that. I would love that. That would be interesting, definitely, to do that. Maybe that's something to do. And yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people who haven't seen this, especially younger people. Zoiks. All right, well, we got uh, two holds up. One, maybe not. 
begrudgingly. I, begrudgingly. I thought he did a hold up, the and then we moved on, and then he went. That's did what I a thought no too. But I guess up. he never said the words. No, I'd not. I'd not actually talked yet. We sad moved on. No, I do look sad. That's really very sad. Oh, no brunch for Brent. Well, if you have, <laughs> if you have never seen this movie and watched it for the first time, uh, write us a note. Let us know because uh, we would definitely love to hear your opinion of it. Um, that would be great. Otherwise, uh, watch it again. Rewatch it. Let us know what you think of that too. Why not? Huh? It's a good movie. Maybe. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, everybody have a great day. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM. We're also on YouTube and our channel is Hold Up, which is two words.